Next month, students from Or Torah Stone's Two Heze Yeshivot and three seminaries for women will be starting their service in the IDF. Until that time, they will continue to study day and night in their respective Batei Midrash. Some are studying the complicated chapter of Cheska Sabatim, the third chapter of Baba Batra, which deals with presumptive ownership, rights of possession, privacy, and respect for public places. What a remarkable phenomenon. A group of 250 young men and women who will be serving in Israel's elite IDF units prepare for their military service. How? By studying the laws that govern how we create a productive and civil society and create a spiritual connection with God. There's a larger message here. Judaism never celebrates wars and their victories. Rather, we focus on perpetuating life and respecting human rights. On Hanukkah, when the land of Israel was freed from the Greek Hellenists, our holiday focuses not on the Maccabees' military victory, rather on the religious freedoms achieved and our re-entry into the Beis HaMikdash, into the Temple. On Pesach, on the day in which the Jewish people crossed the Yamsuf, we do not recite a complete Halal liturgy because at that redemptive moment, our Egyptian taskmasters were drowned. In the upcoming holiday of Purim, we clearly see this dialectic, starting with the pre-Purim Torah reading of Parshat Zachor that we read this week. Parshat Zachor reminds us of the biblical mandate to wipe out the nation of Amalek. Who is this nation? And why must we remember to destroy them? Maimonides writes that since the seven Canaanite nations no longer exist, that commandment to remove them is no longer applicable. But he says the mitzvah to obliterate the nation of Amalek remains operative. How is that possible? How can there still be a commandment to destroy something that no longer exists? Rabbi Soloveitchik explains in the name of his father, Rav Moshe Soloveitchik, that Amalek is more than an extinct nation lost to history. Rather, Amalek represents an eternal ideology bent on destroying the Jewish people. This is why it remains a biblical requirement for us as a nation to wipe out anyone who adopts the Amalek ideology. I'm sharing this message with you at the precise spot where Devir Soregzatzal, a student at our Robert M. Baron Machanayim Hezdi Yeshiva, a young man who wholeheartedly pursued Jewish-Arab coexistence, a Masmid, was murdered in cold blood. An act of Amalek, an act of terrorism. We will lovingly remember Devir, his life and his legacy forever. But at the same time we commit to the necessity of destroying the ideology of Amalek on Purim, we simultaneously exhibit a commitment to the sanctity of life. On Tanis Esther, the day before Purim, we fast because it was on that day that we engaged in battle in order to defend ourselves. And even though we triumphed, we remember in sadness that we were forced to take the lives of others, even our enemies. Purim focuses on the unity necessary within our people to guarantee redemption. The unity that is found in giving Mashallah Manot, gifts to our neighbors, and Matanot Levyonin, helping those in challenging times. Be'ezrat Hashem. The time will soon come where all Israeli young adults will no longer need to train for war. In the meantime, we will continue to prepare them with the tools they need to survive while giving them the spiritual wings to thrive and build meaningful lives. We will work to celebrate the dual identity of Purim. 
for the sake of the Jewish people and all of humanity, please God, we will be successful in this crucial endeavor. Shabbat Shalom.